Romans chapter 5, I want to speak to you this morning on the topic of why do Christians suffer? Romans chapter 5, and let's just read. Uh, we read this last, uh, last time we were in Romans a couple weeks ago. Oh, and by the way, uh, thank you to the elders and deacons and deaconesses and everybody who jumped in and, and uh, made last week go well. I, I heard nothing but good reports. Uh, our missionary who was supposed to have been here last Sunday uh, has contacted me, and he is now okay and wants to come. So we are going to call, try and reschedule him. But uh, I hope you enjoyed the video. Uh, that was uh, that was something that I was able to see it uh, in person at the Basics Conference, and I, I thought you would enjoy that. Uh, so anyway, thank you to all who participated in that. All right, Romans chapter 5. Let's read verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Pray with me. Father, we're thankful for the word of God and we're thankful for the privilege to stand and proclaim it today. I pray you'd fill me with your spirit. Forgive me of sin and help me, Lord, to be a vessel fit for your use today. Help me to say only the things I ought to, I pray. And uh, help me to boldly say whatever I should. And I pray, Lord, you'd fill us all with your spirit that we might hear. Give us ears to hear today. And Lord, I pray especially if there are some here today who need this message in a very particular way, that you'd apply it to their life. Lord, you alone know what all of us are going through. We all walk through these doors with a smile on our face and and, uh, oftentimes hiding pain and difficulty and trials that we're going through. And so I pray today, Lord, if there is anyone like that that you know needs these words, I pray that you'd apply them to their hearts. And we pray it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Why? Do Christians suffer? Have you ever found yourself asking that question? Why do Christians suffer? You know, it's not too hard to figure out why some people suffer. Those who commit certain sins and find themselves in the throes of the natural results of that sin, well, we don't have too much trouble with that. You know, the alcoholic, who, uh, the person who picks up the bottle and decides to start drinking, and uh, it's not too hard to understand how that can lead to the uh, direct line to the natural results of alcoholism and and all that sort of thing and the attendant woes. We can understand why suffering exists when we can trace a direct line in our mind from some behavior in their life to this natural sin. We can understand that, can't we? But what about when no such line is evident? Why do Christians suffer? Why do those who are apparently living for Christ have hardship in their life and Why is there pain and difficulty and struggle and trial and tribulation in the life of a believer? This past week, the Ellsworth family lost a beloved family member. And they're in pain over the loss. Why? Just a few days prior to that, Brother Rusty and Sister Edna lost a beloved grandson. Who'd suffered a long illness. Why? Our brother Bill Billick has been going through nothing but trial and difficulty with uh, his eye surgery and, and the complications that have resulted from that. Why? I just got a phone call or a text actually the other day from uh, Paul and Christine saying that they had to 
leave immediately and head to Massachusetts because his brother had suddenly died. Why? Don and Cindy have struggled with job loss and all of the attendant uh, uncertainty around that. Prayed for it a lot on Wednesday nights. Why? Mary is still struggling with her mom's health issues and having to run to Virginia. Why do Christians suffer? Of course, this is a very personal question to me because it's not, uh, not even a year yet since God reached down and took Beth out of my arms. Why do Christians suffer? Do you find yourself asking that question? Because if you don't, you will. You're promised in Scripture that you will. That little Greek word, uh, it's translated tribulation in our Bible. It's the Greek word thlipsis. It means distress or tribulation or trouble or oppression. It is something that we can expect in the Christian walk because Jesus said we could. He said in John chapter 16 and verse number 33, These things that I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I don't like to say that that's a promise, but Jesus said it. So it's as good as a promise. It is a promise. It's a fact. In this world, you will have thalipsis. You will have distress and tribulation and trouble and oppression. Jesus spoke about this a lot. He even went so far as to say that how you respond to tribulation is an indicator of the reality of your faith. Remember the parable of the sower and the soils? You can read it in Matthew 13. You can read it in Mark chapter 4. In both places, the person who did not bear up under tribulation... It was an indicator that their faith was not real. Jesus said how you respond to tribulation is an indicator of the reality of your faith. When we get to chapter 12 here in Romans, Paul is going to once again remind us that the Christian is one who is rejoicing in hope and patient in tribulation. Indicating again that it's something that we can expect. And so suffering and tribulation are to be expected in the Christian life. And how we respond to it is a barometer that indicates the reality of our faith. But I can hear some of you right now. I can hear your brains thinking. And here's what they're thinking. They're thinking, okay, I, I accept that, Pastor. I accept that, uh, you know, that's true, that suffering is there, but you didn't answer the why. Why do Christians suffer? Well, there are several reasons given in Scripture, and we don't have time this morning to deal with all of them. It would be a good study for you to look up. There's, there are several reasons. Uh, we did mention the, the obvious one in the beginning, and that's sin. I mean, obviously, sin is one reason why Christians suffer. But you can study some of the others. I want us to concentrate this morning on just one, and that's the one that Paul mentions for us here in our text in Romans chapter 5. He mentions it in verses 3 through 4. He says, not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now, you remember when we started chapter 5 two weeks ago that Paul is here describing for us some of the benefits of our justification. Okay, he spent all of the first four chapters defining for us how a person gets saved. What is the gospel? We are justified by faith. He's, he's built that case masterfully in those four. And now in chapter 5, in verses 1 through 5, he starts talking about what are some of the benefits of that. What does that mean in your life? And we learned in that previous lesson... That's some of the benefits to those who are justified by faith, uh, those who are saved, those who have believed and do believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Uh, those benefits, he mentioned three in verses one through two. He said, we have peace with God, access to God and hope in God. Those three things we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Peace with God. 
access to God and hope in God. But now in verses 3 through 5, he's going to mention yet another benefit of justification. The believer glories or rejoices in tribulation. And why is that? He says it's because the believer knows that God is accomplishing something in his or her life through those tribulations. One commentator referred to this reason for suffering as constructive suffering. I don't really like that term, but I think it's accurate. Constructive suffering. The Christian suffers as a result of God's working in them for a greater good and for their future benefit. Billy Graham told a story one time, and I don't remember if I've ever shared this story here or not, but if so, you must need to hear it again. Billy Graham was talking about a friend that he knew from uh, the Depression years. And here's what he said about him. He said this friend of his had, had lost a job, a fortune, a wife, and a home. But he was a believer in Jesus Christ, and he hung to his faith tenaciously, even though he could see no purpose in what was happening and was naturally oppressed by his circumstances. One day in the midst of his depression, he was wandering through the city, and he stopped to watch masons doing stonework on a huge church. One of the masons was chiseling a triangular piece of stone. The man stopped and watched, and he said, what are you doing with that? And the workman stopped, and he pointed to a tiny opening near the top of a nearly completed spire in the church. And he said, see that little opening up there near the top of the spire? Well, I'm shaping this down here so that it will fit in up there. Graham's friend said that that tears filled his eyes as he walked away, for it seemed to him that God had spoken to say that he was shaping him for heaven through his earthly ordeal. Why do Christians suffer? Maybe the little children's chorus explains it. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. Constructive suffering. Sometimes tribulation comes into the life of a believer because God is using it constructively. He is building something into his or her life. In our text, and we're we're just concentrating on verses 3 through 5 this morning. In our text, Paul uses three words to describe how God uses how he constructively causes us to suffer. That sentence didn't come out properly, but you know what I'm trying to say. Three words that he uses. Perseverance, character, and hope. Let's notice those three. First of all, Paul says suffering brings perseverance. And not only that, we also glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Uh, that word uh, tribulation in our English Bible is a translation, or the word perseverance, I mean, is a translation of the Greek word hupomene, and it means endurance or perseverance or patience. Perseverance. It's a trait we admire in others, wouldn't you agree? I, I don't know of anybody who doesn't admire perseverance in somebody else. James said in chapter 5 and verse number 11, Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. We hear of people who persevere. We like to think about people who persevere. We are impressed by people who persevere. Who doesn't admire the boxer who simply will not go down when blow after blow after blow after blow rains down upon him? Who doesn't admire the athlete who plays on in spite of pain? Those of you who are Cavs fans in our group may 
Think of a few names that come to mind when you think about that. Who doesn't look at someone who has suffered intense loss and still serves Jesus with respect? We admire it in others. Babe Ruth said, you just can't beat the person who won't give up. And we admire that trait in others. And we would certainly, I think, if I were to go around this room and pull the room this morning, I think probably everybody here would say that is a trait that we desire in ourselves. I would like for someone to be able to look at me that way and say, he persevered. Uh, but Paul says here, <laughs> perseverance comes as a result of tribulation. If we want the positive Result of perseverance in our life. We just might need to ignore, endure the negative experience of suffering because God builds our perseverance through suffering. That's what he says in verse number three. I love the quote from Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa from, I don't know which one of the Rocky movies. This is a great quote. Fictional character, fictional words, but it's a great quote. He said, let me tell you something you already know. I wish I could do this in a, in a Sylvester Stallone voice, but... I can't do that. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. That's a great quote. Champions understand. That perseverance is going to take pain. Muhammad Ali one time said, I hated every minute of training. But I said, don't quit. Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. And so I wonder, are you going through something this morning? Is the word tribulation a little bit too close to home for you? Has it wormed its way into your day-to-day experience? Have you come to a place of suffering and trial and discouragement and wondered why God has brought it into your life? Paul said, not only that, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Number two, not only that, we glory in tribulations, knowing tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character. So suffering produces or brings uh, perseverance. It also brings character. Now here Paul uses the Greek word dakima, which means proven character, evidence, Proof that something is genuine. I I don't think we get the full import of the word from our New King James Bible. Perseverance does produce character. That is a true statement. But perseverance produces proven character, and that's a better statement. That's a better translation. The word that's translated here as character is translated as evidence or proof in other places in the Bible, like 2 Corinthians chapter 2 or 2 Corinthians 13, 3 or Philippians chapter 2. In other words... Your patience in tribulation produces evidence. It produces proof that God's grace is at work in your life. I wonder, have you ever come through a time of protracted trial and protracted suffering? And, and after it was over, you, you could look back and, and, and thank God that you were still standing. Have you ever done that? That you were still believing? That it hadn't knocked you to the ground? I always think of the guy who was looking in the mirror one time and shaving as he was getting ready for work or something. And he's looking in the mirror and he suddenly was thinking about a particular area of difficulty in his life. And he looked at himself in the mirror and he said, have you not got the victory over that yet? And he kept shaving for a minute and then he looked again and he said, yeah, but 
it hasn't got you yet either. And that's what we're talking about here. Still standing. Still standing. Proven character. Several times in the past, I've shared the testimony of Mary Beth Chapman. It was just a few years ago now when uh, gospel artist Stephen Curtis Chapman and his wife Mary Beth uh, suffered an unbelievable tragedy. Their 17-year-old son accidentally backed the car with their 5-year-old daughter and killed her in their driveway. Sometime thereafter, they were interviewed on the Larry King Live show. And at the conclusion of that interview, Larry King asked, and let me just quote here. He said, Mary Beth, did you ever question your belief? And Mary Beth answered, never, never. You know what? I tell my closest friends when it got to the darkest, darkest point and we went as far down as we could. We might not even have landed feet up, but we have landed. We might have landed right on our face, but the foundation was solid and it was there. And we landed. And it's a day at a time. Proven character. When we suffer, we find that God is there with us in the suffering. It is the suffering or the perseverance through the suffering, rather, that provides the evidence. It provides the proof that what you believe is real. I can testify it's been true in my life and probably you can too. Evidence. And so if you're going through such a time and if suffering is a part of your daily experience, And you can probably relate to Paul's words here. We can glory in. We can rejoice in tribulation, knowing it produces perseverance and in in turn produces proven character, proof. Number three, not only that, we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character, hope. Suffering brings hope. Now, I think this is primarily a word of explanation here because he already mentioned hope in verses 1 through 2. Did you notice that there? He mentioned already that one of the benefits of our justification is hope. He said, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God in verse number 2. And I think he's just expanding on that here. Maybe explaining that a primary means by which God does that in our life, builds that hope into our lives, is through tribulation and suffering. We see how God is with us and keeps us and it builds hope in us. There's a gospel group called Greater Vision. They sing a song that just, I just think has wonderful words. It's called, You Were Faithful Yesterday. Since the day that I surrendered, many years have come and gone. Joy and sadness I remember. Lord, you were faithful all along. By your mercy, I'm still standing. By your grace, I have been saved. And in your goodness, I'm still trusting that you will take me all the way. You brought me through the lowest valley. You brought me across the desert dry. You were my friend when I was lonely. You whispered peace and made me smile. As I survey the joy and sorrow, I find your love remains the same. So I will trust you for tomorrow. Because you were faithful yesterday. We can trust him for tomorrow, can't we? Because of what he has done in the past. Because he has demonstrated it to us. And he's demonstrating it to us right now. We can trust him because of what he's doing right now. And we have hope for tomorrow for the very same reason. Because we have seen him bring us through troubles in the past. So why do Christians suffer? Paul says one of the reasons is constructive suffering. God is using that suffering, that tribulation, to build some things into us. And he mentions these three things. Perseverance, proven character, and 
And because of that, we can rejoice in tribulation. We can glory in tribulation. Now, before I conclude, I want to mention two other words that I kind of skipped over that are very, very important uh, in this passage. I want you to notice what might seem to be an insignificant word Paul used in verse number three, and that's the word knowing. Did you see that there? Knowing. One commentator I consulted on this on this passage suggested this word is probably the most important word in the passage. Knowing. You see, the Christian doesn't just grin and bear it when it comes to tribulations. This is not stoicism we're talking about here. We don't just stoically hold up. That's not what we're talking about here. Rather, Paul is saying we can rejoice in tribulations because we understand the bigger picture. That God is working in us and in eternal ways and for eternal, eternal things. We rejoice in tribulations because as Christians, justified by faith, we have a different perspective. Knowing. He's going to talk more about this topic when we get to the great mountain peak of his argument in chapter 8. He's going to reiterate there that the Christian perspective toward trouble is different. Verse 8, or chapter 8 and verse 18, he says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. See, that's the Christian perspective. He's going to talk about it in chapter 8 at the end, verse number 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Knowing. When we are justified by faith. When we are born again. When we know Christ. We have a different perspective about suffering. And that's why we can rejoice in it. One man summed it up very succinctly by saying this. He said, Christians rejoice in suffering because of what they know about it. And what we know about it is God is working in us. A far more eternal weight of glory. Second, I want you to notice that we have another resource he mentions here. And I'll just mention this briefly. Uh, He mentions the, the resource of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Did you see that there in verse number five? Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This is Paul's first mention of the Holy Spirit in the book of Romans. He's going to talk about it in later chapters and come back to it. But here uh, he mentions it for the first time. He doesn't really explain a lot about it. He just mentions it. But he does tell us that the Holy Spirit is a resource for us in this matter of tribulation, in this matter of suffering. The Holy Spirit is there to remind us of God's love. God's love for us, love that has been poured out in our hearts, love that the prophet Jeremiah described as uh, everlasting love. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yea, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And so Paul says we have the indwelling Holy Spirit to remind us of that truth, even in the midst of trial and suffering and tribulation and difficulty. So, when you become a Christian... When you believe in Jesus Christ, when you place all your faith and trust for, sal- for the salvation of your soul in what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross, when you are born again, when you are justified by faith, it makes all the difference in how you view suffering. You see, you see the big picture. There is a big picture. It's bigger than your momentary affliction. And you know that God is working. And you know, as Paul told the Corinthian believers, that our light affliction which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. 
You know that. And if for a moment you forget that, you got the Holy Spirit indwelling you to remind you.